Alrighty, and we have a very exciting guest on today. It was actually one of the first, like, PTA influencers, I guess, that we kind of reached out to. Yeah, um, when we first started, kind of... Like, two weeks after we started. Oh, I want to say, it was, yeah, it was very, very early. Really, really early, early on. on. Like, and we were newbies, and she's been great. we finally got an interview. I Not know. because, like, it's, it's just been... We're both oh, busy yeah, we're and super crazy, busy. but we're so we've been so excited to do this one. Um, again, we're excited for all of ours because we just learned so much over the time. But uh, we are talking with Margie today, also known as not just a PTA. If you guys follow her, um, that's great. If it's you guys also aren't part following one. her, yeah, I was Sorry. about to say if you're not following her, you need to follow her. Her content is amazing. But today we are talking with her, getting to know her a little bit, and it's kind of part one um, of the interview, I guess. We're going to definitely have her on again, but we also did a podcast for her page, too. That's a separate episode. On her podcast. So if you guys are coming over and listening in from after listening hers, welcome. If you guys are listening to this one first, go check out hers. We'll leave her link in the description um, and then we'll also tag her on our Instagram post so you guys can find her links and everything. All right. Now but that we've gone through this lengthy intro. I know. Let's go ahead and just jump in. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right. Thanks again, guys. I hope you guys are enjoying these interviews we're doing. We are enjoying them so much. We're learning so much about our field in different areas that, you know, we don't get to see that often. So I hope that uh, you guys are getting the same benefit out of it. Today, we're so excited to have Margie on with us. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about some of her home health, some of it being on social media. Um, if you guys aren't following her, you need to because her content is amazing. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but Margie, let's go ahead and get into a little bit about you and kind of like your background as a PTA before we kind of dive in deeper. Yeah, sure. So I've been a PTA for about four years now, and I graduated from Northern Virginia Community College uh, with the two-year program, my local nice. community college. Before that, I was on a three-year post-grad hiatus, just kind of <laughs> job hopping after I graduated with my bachelor's degree in exercise science. Um, I, I really like what I do. I started out in outpatient. Actually, I was a, a PT tech in outpatient companies um, even before I went back to the PTA program and pursued my degree. And mm -hmm. I did outpatient for about a year and a half, two years after I graduated. Then I switched to home health and I love home health. <laughs> Was it like a See, world of a difference when you started? You I don't think I could do home health. Home health scares me. I'm not going to. Home look. health. Oh, yeah. It was definitely, Ken, it was definitely kind of like a 180 just because of the patient population. Mm -hmm. Treatment doesn't change. I've noticed that it doesn't matter if you go. I can only speak upon outpatient and home health. But when I talk to my colleagues and sniff, like treatment doesn't change, you know, a total knee is only going to bend and straighten oh so many ways. You know, yep. it doesn't matter what yeah. setting. So the diagnosis doesn't really change. The treatment doesn't really change. It's kind of your availability of equipment and your creativity mm -hmm. 
and your patient population. I have uh, a lot of geriatrics um, and just that older population when I go to, into home health. Um, it's rare that I see someone under 50. Um, when I do, it's usually like a car accident, um, somebody that um, isn't mobile for a, cer- a certain time or a really bad accident or something. But it's very rare that I see someone my age or, you know, are a, a little older. It's usually yeah. someone yeah. that's um, over 50. And um, the diagnosis, it just depends, but it's very similar. You got ortho, you got nerve, you got a little bit of everything. Yeah, how a little long, bit of how long mixed do you, How long do you normally see patients for? Like how long um, are they on your caseload typically? So typically home health is very short-lived. We're subacute. So they're usually coming from a hospital or a rehab center and waiting to go in outpatient usually. So anywhere okay. from two to, two to four weeks is average, but we see them up to eight weeks and six to eight weeks is considered long in home health. Um, and I remember an outpatient, you know, it's like two to three yeah, times a like, week for six to 12 weeks. That's nothing, that's like you know? That's average. Yeah. Right? I was like, that's the short-term ones. <laughs> yeah. So our goal is just to get them safe in the home, in and out the home to go to outpatient or wherever their next step to rehab is. Um, And so we do a lot, like PT is just a little different. It's not going to be, you know, um, working so much on, like, I don't, I don't have weight machines, right? We're not working Mm -hmm. too much on strength, but enough strength for you to get off the toilet seat, get out of bed, get into the car, with or without your assistive device, with or without another person. So it looks just a little different, but yeah. um, we it, it's just basic stuff so we can get you in and out the house. So it's pretty much focusing on those ADL safely. It's yeah. kind of the yeah. big key. And I think that's what's the nice thing about home health is like you can actually focus on what they have to work with. Mm-hmm. So like if we like an outpatient where, where we work, it's like we have to do everything we can at the office. Mm-hmm. But when you do home health, it's like, okay, your toilet's here, your bathroom's here, your kitchen's here. Let's talk about how you can move around safely. I think it's just, it adds just a more benefit, I feel like. Yeah, I definitely, we just kind of take a closer eye on those type of scenarios like you've mentioned. And so like, you know, we're not over here trying to get them back to like, uh, back to play or back to Mm -hmm. sport just yet, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So their, their goals are a little different in home health. I feel like it'd almost be beneficial that like patients definitely have kind of the older population almost had a home health training that was mandatory in a way. Like even if they were going to outpatient or, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, doing a skilled nursing, like if they were in a skilled nursing, then they should automatically have like a, a safety slash like how to maneuver and do your exercises. Like, I, I don't know what to call it. Like a advisory like assessment. yeah assessment or like even just like a here is what you should do yeah. here's what you should move around like um as like a, a thing that's like required because i feel like that would be so beneficial because the, all the things you are talking about make sense it's all about like what using what they have yeah and um benefiting with what they've got and i feel like even half of some of my outpatient play people i'm like i i just I need to see your home. Like, I wish I could do that. What am I I working with? What am I really working with? What are you actually got? What are you telling me that's the truth? And what are you telling me that's not? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that kind of falls under like, um, under like the case manager. Usually it's a nurse when they Mm -hmm. leave rehab, sniff or hospital. Um, and when, by the time PT or a nurse gets in there to do the evaluation, we call it a start of care. Um, they literally go through your house A through Z and be like, okay, how many steps do you have to get in your house? Um, 
are you in a multi-level house or are you in um, like a single story family Mm -hmm. house? Um, You know, do they, can they get in and out the tub or is there a walk-in shower? What kind of toilet do they have? Is it too low? Do we need to order equipment? So it's a very lengthy eval. It's about two hours. It's a lot of paperwork. It's like I remember. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, it's like seventy six iPad pages. Um, so it's a lot very of check in-depth. yes no. Yeah, yeah, a lot of <laughs> yes nos. Um, to make sure that one that they're safe in their home and what do we need to do and do we need to order stuff and two do they um qualify do they are they eligible for home health just because you're at home that doesn't mean that you are eligible for home yeah. health. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm I totally agree, but I've literally had patients lie about where they live. So it's like because they know the system too, and that's the hard part too, is you get some returners, they know yep. the special words to say to get them mm-hmm. home, whether or not they're safe or not. And so yeah. I almost would rather see that evaluation go down in the home than like not. But it's it's an interesting concept and everything like that. But how did you end up making the jump? from outpatient to home health because most people don't make that jump like if anything you see them get a little burned out of home health i mean Mm -hmm. of outpatient then they go to a sniff or you know sometimes they might go to home (laughs) well yes a little bit okay but (laughs) i went back to outpatient yeah i know a lot of my friends and colleagues they're like you literally went from one end of the spectrum to another like Mm -hmm. nothing in the middle so in school i swore sniff off i was like told my professors like please don't put me in a sniff placement like I'm begging you like I I can't like it's just not my thing um so I actually uh was an outpatient and and it was very true I felt the burnout and I actually wanted Mm -hmm. to do travel PT I'm young I'm single I mean this is the time to do it right yeah that was at the end of 2019 and I left my job uh, near the end of 2019, I went on vacation and I was going to start my assignment. And then COVID started. Yeah, I was to <laughs> um, say, you, so right. you pretty much started a whole new career. Yeah. In a <laughs> Yeah, and right before COVID, right before that, that last uh, like Q4 of 2019, PDPM and PDGM hit. So all the assistant travel positions were wiped out overnight. Oh, I've heard nightmare stories. People were stranded in the middle of nowhere USA because their contract ended, but they had to keep their housing, their short-term housing. They still had to pay that off because that's a different type of contract. Um I've heard that's crazy. Yeah, I've heard crazy. Like, you know, I I think I dodged a bullet. I definitely had someone looking out for me. But I was like, okay, it's been, you know, two weeks, four weeks, six, two months. And I don't have an assignment like you guys. I'm running out of savings. I got to like, I need some money. I'm be honest. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just pick up a PRN job in the meantime. And at the time, a lot of the PRN jobs were home health. Mm -hmm. I'm like okay, let's try it out. Um, I applied and I started working. I saw, you know, a patient here and there as needed. Um, That's what PRN is. Um, And then it just didn't change. It was now, I think, going on to three months and I still didn't have a contract in my lap. So I'm like, I'm going to have to go back and work it out, patient or something, work another job until this boils over. Mm-hmm. picked an outpatient job but still kept my PRN home health job and I just felt like it was easier like physically like like labor wise mm-hmm. 
the most I'm doing in home health that is strenuous for a clinician is stair training or a walk to the, their mailbox or car. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing, you know, like I, I don't have to do too much like an outpatient. I love outpatient. I think like you have so many potential, especially with all the equipment you have. But like I'm always thinking of something new, um, things to challenge my patients. These patients mm-hmm. in home health, they really half the time they don't want to get out of bed, <laughs> then, you know, and then the other half, it's like it's very like you said, it's just basic mobility, basic strengthening. And I was like, this is very easygoing and I can see how this could be a great gig. Um, I got furloughed from my outpatient job at the beginning of COVID around March mm-hmm. was when it hit DC hard. I think every everybody shut down in March. Yeah. Um, I was, I was about furloughed. to say we're the same. Yeah. yeah. Furloughed for two months and I, I still had my PRN job for home health, but they were like cutting down patients too. Nobody wanted to go in people's homes and um, patients didn't want strangers in their homes and I don't uh, blame yeah, that's them. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was really, see, I'm like, okay. Uh, like I've just never had free time like this before. I'm just like, I don't know what else <laughs> to do. Uh, I furloughs over, I get back to outpatient and I realized week one, I'm like, I hate this job. <laughs> I hate, I hate this I hate this place. I hate your stupid schedule. Like, I just, I hate yeah, you're like, literally everything. You're like, I can't find one good thing right now. No, I'm done. Like, and I like, was, I'm and so I'm over trying. this. Yeah, I, I like I have and, and I say it over again, like I, I really hope my old co-workers like don't take anything like, you know, seriously. But I'd had no problems with my co-workers, none yeah. whatsoever. My clinic manager, great person, didn't have a problem with any people. It was literally like the setting. The job, yeah. The job. Yep, that was, was me cranking, in the skilled skilled nursing. Mm-mm. Yeah. I was cranking out, you know, umpteenth, twenty plus patients a day double booked every half hour, worked through lunch to get catch up on notes, uh, came early and to finish notes, stayed late to finish notes. And it was just like, like, why? <laughs> like, why am yeah. I doing this? You know, it made no sense. And I'm like, and like one day I was just like, I make more. Granted, yes, it was, I get a patient here and there in PRN home health. I'm like, I make more hourly in home health than I do mm-hmm. outpatient. And I do less work. If you double book, you can uh, every half hour. You're seeing three to four patients, but you're not getting three to four times your pay. You're getting the same pay in yeah, outpatient. That's true. And I thought that was very unfair. So I was like, you know what? I had a student at the time. Like, I'm going to finish her her uh, clinic rotation out. I'm not going to leave her stranded. It was already a hard year. She's, you know, a COVID student during the whole. You're like, I can't school. do this to the poor yeah, soul. Yeah, I can't do it to her. And I, but I, I was upfront. I told her before I told my clinic manager, I was like, hey, this is the deal. I'm quitting. She's probably got so big. She's like, oh my gosh, yeah, what's yeah, about to happen? Like, I'm going to see you out through your rotation. I promise I'm not going to abandon you. Um, and then I had a talk with my manager. And I'm just like, I just, I just need, I need to move on. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I applied to a home health full-time position with another company, still kept the PRN position. And it was just, it was great. Like, I'm just like, I've hit jackpot. 
I wake up when I want. I start when I want. I cook and eat breakfast at home. I'm not chasing down a Mickey D's sandwich. Man, she's making it sound so good right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. And I think, Do we have home health positions here? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I get off when I want. Um, I don't have children, but I tell my colleagues who do have children, this is it. You want to see your kids on the bus and go pick them up and do activities after school? This is the gig. You want to let's and um let's see. You want to let's say like for example, um my my fam my side of the family, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. It's my fiance's mm-hmm. side. So if it's not a year that we're not going to see his family, I'm, you know, it's just another day. I'm willing to work. And so in home health, you can work as much or as little as you want. You wake up, you have migraine, I have chronic migraines. Don't want to work, call my patients, push them off to another day. Hmm. That's no, there's no PTO involved in that. I just, you know, probably let like my head PT or manager know I'm, I'm not coming in today, but I'm going to see my 30 visits. Um, maybe I'll see them to the rest of each day for the rest of the week or bump them to Saturday mornings. I don't have to work weekends. And I remember we were like rotating Saturday mornings at outpatient um it was just like i'm really trying to find a con and there are cons <laughs> but i just it's a really, smell for me yeah i was just that like terrifies I, me. <laughs> I it's like home health and i'm like you guys are gonna have to pay me a lot of money to get me out of home health like i don't see myself in another setting right now yeah that, no it like, sounds like it like works out pay differential too like you have your freedom oh, of schedule big. i make 60 percent more than i did in outpatient and that's right the now. thing like you mm-hmm. saw so many more patients in outpatient. Mm-hmm. In, or home health you see you get so much more money for less work yeah and like you said the freedom like i had a friend same thing he had a he had a son and he was like i can spend more time with the family i can see mm-hmm. them more often like i don't have to be at work so much yep um for him he said like there's busy times and slow times yes. and it kind of just comes in spurs mm-hmm. so he's like when it is busy just save your money because you never know when the next drought's gonna be like yeah. has that happened to you as well yeah, so um, I have noticed that around um, kind of like the end of some fiscal year, so it's either around June, July, mm-hmm. or December, January, when when uh, insurance start over, depending mm-hmm. on when their enrollment date is, it's a little slow because they haven't met their deductible yet or whatever. Those are non-Medicare patients, obviously. Yeah, um, I was about to say, that's what we saw we see that in outpatient, too. Yeah. I think that hits like every single field the same way because it's... Yeah. They do. They're like, I haven't hit my medical. I'll yeah. wait till I do my five doctor's appointment. I'm like, right. Yeah. You got to hit your deductible. <laughs> and then I do notice that I see a lot of post-op patients in the spring, summer, because, you know, it's warmer. Who wants to get a total knee done? I mean, today it's like 40 degrees in DC. Like, I don't blame you, you know? Right. <laughs> so it does. And, and for me, slow is not not having work. Um, slow is just like, our requirement quota is like 30 visits a week. So maybe it's more like 24 to 26. Mm. So it's not necessarily slow. It just, you know, isn't as busy. Um, I went from full time to now being in uh, from a W-2 employee to independent contractor at 1099. So I'm contracted mm-hmm. with multiple companies. So if one company is slow, I knock on all my other companies like ramp me up. You know? That's, what, well, that's what I've heard is a lot or like don't just do one company to kind yeah. of with home health. Yes. Get a bunch but, of different contracts because if you do hit a drought with one company, the mm-hmm. other company might not be hitting a drought. They might be ramping up. Yes. You never know. So switching to the 1099, does that prevent mm-hmm. you from trying to hit that 30 quota or do you do you have quotas for each company that you still have to hit? 
No, it's um, it's they know they hire me as I'm as considered PRN, so they know it's as much or as little as I want. Some companies there are weeks where I'm literally like 25 patients with them. Some companies I'm one or two, or some none. Like I have one or two companies right now. They're just they don't have any patients. I don't know what the reason are. I don't know if it's a staffing issue. Uh, I don't know if they're going through an audit because it is that time of year. But it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, when they have it, they hit me up. And when they don't, they don't. Um, so it's a big um, – you have to be a little proactive and com- op- have open communication or else you may be forgotten, you know, like as a PRN uh, employee. So – you work as much as you want. Like during the holidays, everybody wants to make a little bit more money, right? So this is my time to thrive. But um, when, are when, you have people like me who are like, um, I don't want to work at all practically during the holidays. I got too much going on. <laughs> right. So um, I actually took uh, a week off um, in October. Uh, it I, I wouldn't call it a vacation, but I was at a wedding in, in Italy and mm-hmm. I just took off and it wasn't like I didn't have to worry about PTO. They figured out coverage for me. I just let all my company know I'm gone from this state to this state and like you're set. Like I know sometimes for a W-2, a full-time employee, especially an outpatient, you got to make sure you have coverage if you're gone. Like you got to talk to your colleagues and coworkers um there are blackout dates you know not everyone can be off Mm -hmm. for thanksgiving i made it a rule that after leaving outpatient i don't want to work weekends unless i want to it it cannot be in my contract that you have to work saturday mornings or rotating saturdays once a month no it's if i want to and i don't work holidays unless again i want to um so it's a lot more it's, it's a lot more focused around me and what I want. And I feel like it's better for my mental health. It's better work-life balance. So it, it it's the setting that works for me, but it's not for everyone. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds pretty awesome. When, uh, listening to you, I'm kind of like, hmm. Maybe I should give it a try. <laughs> I'm again still in the wrong. The, the scary part for me is going into other people's houses with smells. I'm very sensitive yeah. to smells. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one who can hold back a gag. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. If it smells weird to me, there's a good chance I'm gagging. And I, it's yeah. not even that I don't mean to do it or anything. It's just my natural the reflex. And yeah. I don't want to disrespect people in that way. Right. Like, yeah, that's the hard part is like, um, you know, that just is natural for me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely I'm going to let you know, or it's probably like a coin flip, to be honest, it is 50 50. Mm-hmm. What's good about being a PTA is if you have a really good relationship with your PT, they'll give you a heads up. Hey, this person has cats. Hey, they're a smoker. Hey, they're a hoarder. Hey, they are incontinent and the whole house smells like urine. Um, they will give you a heads up. Yeah. A lot of, I've, you know, am very open to my PTs. We text all the time and it's great because when it's re eval or discharge time, I'm like, yes, no, they're ready. Um, they take my feedback very seriously. (laughs) I am their eyes and ears. So it works Mm -hmm. both ways. Um, but yeah, it is a chance that the house may or may not smell, um, may or may not have pets and may or may not have bugs. Um, I'm more scared of bugs than I am of COVID. Suit me up. Put me in full respirator. Put me in full PPP. I'm ready to see a COVID patient. But God, if I see, and I, I know I'm speaking too soon. If I see another roach, 
And it's not ever one in a house. When you see one, you know the family's there somewhere else. <laughs> you know, it's never You're like, there's one. more than one. It's like a, it's like a what do they call it? Swarm. Yeah, like a dol- Well, they say dolphins. If you see one on the surface, there's like ten underneath. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah, they're somewhere around here, so it just creeps me out. But I'm like, I'm really, I'm not. Uh-huh. Those are things that don't get to me as much. Like you know, people are you know really scared of COVID and they have a right to be, but I'm like, no, give me all the COVID patients. Take the bug patients. I can't. <laughs> I think I'd be on the same with you. That's where you draw the line. Give me the COVID patients. Take the smelly patients. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and that might work. Cause there's some, there are a lot of clinicians like that go into home health that they need the money for whatever reason. And they will take any and every patient. It doesn't matter. Um, and there's people like me, I'm just like, you know, if I don't feel safe or, you know, there's just um, suspicious activity going on and I don't I don't feel comfortable, then it's a no for me. Yeah, and, that's and that was my, actually my next question is, can yeah, you turn so like, down patients when you don't feel safe in a certain work? area? Uh, very easy. Like, um, I just make a, I usually give my supervising PT a heads up, whoever I'm sharing the patient with and my manager, I'll CC them in a text or an email. I'm like, I'm not comfortable working with this patient because of X, Y, Z, or I don't feel safe in this patient's house. Please remove off my schedule, reassign, or there needs to be another evaluation or an assessment to see if this patient is safe for home health and safe for our clinicians. And they take it very seriously. I've never had a problem in home health. Um, de- not awesome. denying or declining a patient. Um, I've had had an issue in outpatient where I didn't want to see a patient because they were inappropriate and they were still on my schedule for like two weeks. Mm. Yeah, yeah so- I've been fortunate yeah. enough that every PT I've ever worked with takes that very serious because I had mm-hmm. one where I stormed out pretty much. I got my eight minutes in for a treating yeah. and stormed out of the room and walked right into my boss's room and said, I will never do it again. I told him yeah. straight, and I've never done that. And so he knew when I came in and said, I'm not treating this person, he knew it was serious. And then, yeah. of course, I told him the situation. And luckily, he, he took it very serious. So, like, I could not imagine being in that situation where I would still have to treat that patient. And even seeing that patient yeah. got me, like, triggered. Like, I oh, didn't yeah. want to be in the gym I- at the same time. <laughs> like, it was mm-hmm. so inappropriate. Like, I felt so uncomfortable in my own workplace while he was there and you know honestly I'll give credit to my PT and our staff that they they worked the best of like if he was in the gym they never made me you know I would go in the back room and do notes or something like that instead Mm -hmm. so like I couldn't even imagine someone keeping him on my schedule for two weeks yeah it got I I had to like threaten to take legal matters and that's when they're like oh like I took it up to HR Mm. And that's when they're like, okay, you guys need to like, you know, I I said, hey, he can still come here, get PT, just with another clinician. It can't be me. I don't care what time he comes. He could be there in my present. I'm just not treating him. And they didn't take me seriously. Um, And it was unfortunate. But um, no, I've never had an issue in home health. And they take it very seriously. Most of our home health staff, especially when it's internal and case managers field administrators they're they're women they're nurses so i think mm-hmm. there's that that maternal kind of like women's intuition we got your back like, type of thing yeah no we'll, we'll take care of you <laughs> yeah yeah so i've never had that issue that's awesome that's really uh, good you, you said you work with like three different companies right seven seven um, like, <laughs> she's like yeah three um, yeah, plus four yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many people are like on each team so like say like 
and it now does happen like how many clinicians are there to be able to take that caseload whether you request time off or you can't see a patient or you don't want to see a patient um, are there pretty big teams or smaller yeah Absolutely. Most people in home health are PRN. So um, it's funny. I've seen a repeated PT in like two or three of my um, other companies, like in their roster. <laughs> also working. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just not going to say anything. Maybe they won't recognize me. I don't know. Um, so there's never been a problem with coverage. Um, really, I just give them a list. Um, I give them ample time, like two weeks. Uh, I, I'm usually the type, I give them a month ahead if I know I'm going to be out for like a week or more. Um, and they just take care of it. Either the supervising PT will see them, another PT in the area. What ends up happening is whoever's in that locality, like I am seeing four major cities in my county so whoever's in that area they'll usually ask them first like hey this pta is out can you see this patient he's at xyz zip code um and that works out best again there are other clinicians who will drive any and everywhere i am not one of those clinicians (laughs) and they're like yeah sure i'll pick up whoever and we'll drive 30 minutes one way, you know, and here, I don't, I don't know Ooh. about you guys, but 30 minutes one way, that could be, uh, you know, that could be 10 miles. It could be 25 miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I, again, like I said, they're here usually because the money's good. I'm not yeah. going to lie. So they're like, I don't care. Take me. I can pick up. So there's always somebody to pick up. I've never had an issue um, they're like, no, you can't go because Mr. So-and-so can't be covered. Never had that problem. Do any of the That's companies awesome. work in like mileage at all? Yeah. So usually if you are full-time uh, W-2 employee, mileage will be reimbursed. It's usually a couple cents per mile. So my average, I've seen 46 cents a mile, 50 cents a mile. That's... um. Usually, I haven't seen anything higher than that. As an independent contractor, there's no mileage reimbursement. So I would keep track of it each day, each week, and then claim it on my taxes at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Because I was about to say, if they are, if you're a W-2 type employee, they have to reimburse you for uh, travel. If you're traveling outside a certain radius of your set home location, Mm -hmm. They mm-hmm. have to reimburse you. Um, this is where I know this information just because my dad owns his own flooring company. Nice. Um, and so when they travel, he pay, he has to pay his, parents, his employees. But if you are an independent contractor, yeah, you do not have to get reimbursed by the company. However, you can claim it as an, a tax deductible expense on your taxes for yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so then piggybacking of off that for everybody's listening because tax time is just sneaking up around the corner. It is you also corner. can claim car depreciation mm-hmm. on your taxes too. Um, I'm still unfamiliar. I have an accountant I work with, so that's just – I just know the term. I don't know like the math How to do it. it. <laughs> yeah, so that is something you want to look into if you are using a personal car um, for home health, which most clinicians are. It's rare uh-huh. that a company has their own fleet. Uh, I only know of one company right now that's in my my roster of companies that have a fleet that you can I use their vehicle car too. yeah i want my own car like you you want to be comfy in your car when you're traveling that much too right i want to want someone else's car <laughs> i guess it just depends because my car i bought in like 
2020. It was a 2021 model. So like all these models are killing me, you know? Oh, yeah. I know I guess oh, claim it. You just got it too, yeah. Yeah, so like that's if you don't want to put miles on your car, you don't want to worry about maintenance. Um, that company in particular gives you I a guess gas card. So it is a perk. It's just like I, because I work for multiple companies, I just, I can't show up at another patient's house and it's Using not the another same one? company. Yeah, you know, that's weird. <laughs> Um, so I don't think um, they'd want you to do that either. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, there's definitely some like legal format. I got to sign off. I can't do that. But yeah, I definitely prefer my own car. Yeah. So I know we talked a lot about home health and we're kind of at the time, but I do want to briefly touch about you in social media because, um, we're kind of seeing this trend, I think in general with, uh, healthcare, just starting to kind of come on social media, sharing, more of our story, what we go through in day-to-day life. What Mm -hmm. made you want to get on it and become more involved? It started probably a year after I graduated, and I didn't see a lot of PTA communities or pages on social Mm -hmm. media. A lot of PT or physical therapy pages were DPT and PT heavy. Um, And so I was just like, I mean, we're kind of the same, but not really. So I started a page, and it was like no traction. It was like, five likes and like three of those likes were like my friends from school and the yep. other two were like you know my boyfriend and it was just like it wasn't the family members you're like please going, go like it it wasn't going anywhere and so um and I would post very very randomly so when I got furloughed in March of 2020 I just I'm someone I feel like I always got to be busy I can't sit still I like picked up so many hobbies during the pandemic because I didn't know mm-hmm. what to do with myself so I really focus on my social media. I took a free master class to like how to like how to do social media, mm-hmm. how the algorithm works, hashtags and what to post, when to post, um, and just started kind of reaching out to anybody that had like PTA or SPTA in their bio or name on Instagram and be like, hey, like I really want to start highlighting PTAs and I was wondering can you come on live and just talk about your journey and your story um and it it blew up um Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say overnight but like during the pandemic because everybody was on social media on their phones it it really blew up um it gave me a lot of opportunities I met so many great people and it just opened the doors and I I'm hoping that by doing this that more PTAs you know have their own pages have their own products Mm -hmm. um have representation and that we are not just assistants and we're not just sitting in the background doing patient care you know yeah um some people this is their second or third career some this is you know right out of high school went to community college or trade school they they all have different stories we all have different stories and I think it's important we share and highlight them because once we yeah once we start sharing stuff like our struggles we don't feel so alone right you know when you feel when you fail that one test or practical you're like how could I how could Mm -hmm. I you know know? yeah you're You're like I won't be able to do it uh yeah there's many of those days (laughs) yeah or like you know you're kind of being underlooked and overworked uh we talk a lot about burnout there's a Mm -hmm. sense of community there and I think it's it's tighter because it is PTAs and not DPTs and no offense to DPTs we wouldn't have jobs without them but um I felt like it needed to be more specific and I you know wanted 
PT events, specifically APTA events, to really shout out and invite more PTAs. They talk about inclusive language, which is, you know, including people no matter what gender, race, sexual orientation, but you also have to include PTAs in your language too. Mm -hmm. And I called them out on that because I'm like, there's no way you can be inclusive and you don't even include a whole entity of who you're representing. Um, So I'm hoping that with that change, one, you don't have to go the DPT route to be in PT, career, school, field, Mm -hmm. whatever. And two, that there are a lot of us out there. And I'm glad that I I still get really warm when someone DMs me like, I'm a PTA and there's nothing out here. And I'm so glad I found your page. And that really warms my heart because then they have someone to talk to, whether Mm -hmm. they had a bad day in school or, you know, a, a DPT that don't really know what PTAs are, are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had, had <laughs> yeah. Well, I had that with an ICI. The very first time she ever had a student, I was yeah. the first PTA she ever worked with. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even know what we could and couldn't do. And I was like, yeah, what the hell are you doing overseeing me right now? <laughs> but <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> yeah, I love it when they ask me questions like, you know, Hey, like I really like home health. You make it sound great. I'm like, yes, but I'm not sponsoring home health. Like, like I said, not everybody, everything is for everybody. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pay me to go on a sniff. My best colleagues love sniffs. I don't know. Oh, my why. mom loved it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think it highlights things that, you know, I didn't know about pet PT. I didn't know P- there was PT in jail settings. I didn't mm-hmm. know um, it opened up a lot of things and how our programs are all different. Our clinical rotations were all different. So I think the more people we can get together and just talk. I think it creates a better environment and maybe we can tackle some of these things like legislation and like mm-hmm. supervision, um, you know, and, and billing and all that other stuff that we have to deal with that are outside patient care. Cause I don't think anybody that's a PT or a PTA hates physical therapy. It's all the other stuff. It's Medicare. It's billing. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the patients yeah. because it's of never it. Like patient care. It's never yeah. the exercises or the activity. It's all the other crap. And I think, you know, if we highlight more of us, maybe we can tackle and make a bigger change in what's going on in our community. Maybe if people finally see and understand what we are, we're not mm-hmm. tech, we're not glorified techs and we're not just assistants. And that's, that's just my hope. And I yeah. love when I like ran to your page and other people's <laughs> pages that I'm like, they're PTAs too. And it makes me so happy. And I hope that it continues. Yeah, yeah I hope it, we only out. grow bigger and everything mm-hmm. like that, too. More and like, more people do it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, that's the thing, too, is we kind of come on and, you know, we joined, um, you know, we came across your page, started talking to you pretty early on when we started this. And then we've also come across the uh, PTA social uh, server uh, page, which and then we just started learning about how all there's there's so many more avenues for ptas that we didn't even realize yeah like i just learned a core apparently there's ptas that can work in jails didn't know that i yeah. just learned right. that like, just now <laughs> just now and so like that's the thing is i feel like sometimes as our field in general we do a horrible job of mm-hmm. actually communicating what different routes there are mm-hmm. um and the only way we're going to get better is if we start sharing this information with each other in a way. And then hopefully, you know, that can grow to the institution itself. But Absolutely. I'm with you. I feel like PTAs, 
back in the day were a little bit more of just like, yeah, here's a helping hand here and there, but we are more prevalent. We are more in the field now. There's more of us. We are more hands on now than ever before. Our role has changed within the APTA and so does our status needs to change too. And I think the only way we can do that is by coming out and having a voice and giving our opinions and showing up where need be because it's the same thing like we don't have the right to complain if we're not doing anything about it. And so that means talking to people that you're working with, um, communicating with the APTA about how you feel like we've we've shared our our opinions on certain things off camera on a couple of things um so like it's great that this gives us that opportunity and voice and i understand that not everybody wants to do this kind of thing i was very very hesitant hesitant. (laughs) very hesitant it kind of just came out on a whim like yeah you want to just start it and like yeah yeah i I was for me it was um i had i've had my achilles tendon surgery um my foot has never been the same it still probably will never be the same to this day but I had to I had to completely step away from PT and I realized at the time I felt like I was going through a breakup Mm -hmm. and I thought it was the field itself and really it was just a combination of things and I missed it so much and this was my way of staying in it with Ken was starting this podcast as I let myself heal um, and do something else for a little bit of time and you know it's the same thing like I'm not like not everybody wants to be on social media. I totally get yeah. that. It's not meant for everybody. But you can still have a voice. And that, yeah. you know, I think that's the important thing is, you know, just because you don't want to be visibly out there and that kind of stuff, you still have a voice. Mm-hmm. And let that voice be heard. And, you know, whether that's writing a letter or communicating with your APTA reps, like you, your voice does matter in this opinion, if that makes sense. There's yeah. my soapbox for the day. <laughs> no, I agree because like there's a lot said, of beautifully said. P- yeah, a lot of PTAs didn't know what was going on, you know, with mm-hmm. the Medicare cuts. They're like, what? What is? What does that mean? They didn't know what Part B and Part A was, which is is shocking. And I'm like, you don't know how your company bills. That means you don't know what's going on. And I, and I don't blame them because. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a language that a lot of people don't understand. It takes me a lot of time to decode what is really being said in legislation because it's not made to speak in layman's term, you know. Um, So I feel like it's lawyer's term. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Right. Um, So it's hard. And uh, I think it's a safe space for somebody to say, hey, I don't I don't know what all this stuff you're posting. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? And I'm like, hey, for them to come out and say, I don't know, that's really brave. And it starts somewhere, you know, instead of being bashed or embarrassed on social media, which is happening a lot lately. um, It's a safe space that we can be like, hey, this is what it is. So this is, you know, break down to them what the problem is, where they stand on this and how it affects us. I think if we take the time to do that, we can make bigger changes in our field. Um, And I, I do see our field growing like a lot of times, at least once a day or something somebody comments or dm me like do you think pta's are disappearing i'm like i don't no because there's no way that pts can do this on their own they can't see the amount of volume on their own there's no way there's there they've which is great thing in a way because of the fact that they've created job security for pts and they've also in a way built in job security for ptas yeah which is great that they've done that because some other fields we've seen it completely fluctuate like teachers for the longest time they almost made it too hard to become a teacher Mm -hmm. and then they didn't have enough and then they made it too easy and now they have too many so like yeah 
I will say they have done a great job at kind of keeping it like leveled that you can always find a job. It might yeah. not be the perfect job, but you yeah. can find one for the time being. Right. So. And I love that our field, like, let's say, like a lot of you guys said, if you experience burnout, you're like, I hate outpatient. I want to leave. You can leave without going back and getting another degree. You might mm-hmm. need a couple of certs, mm-hmm. maybe a con ed here and there, but you don't have to go back to school to change your career path, your setting. Um, yep. And I love that. And I love that we have options even outside of patient care because a lot of people are going to get to the age where they're like, my body is tired. I have a lot of kids and I don't think I can do this anymore or you know not this setting what else is out there and Mm -hmm. I love that we come together as a community and be like hey I do this I'm a DOR or I did home health or you know I did sales and I think I think it's just that support that we need that one I felt like we didn't have as students outside of school Mm -hmm. and our classmates because it's kind of scary that transition from new grad to in the field it's just like okay what am I doing there's already so much going on then yeah Yeah. (laughs) so much um, and so I think it's helpful. And, and that's my target audience is, is yeah, a P, obviously student PTAs and PTAs in general seasoned or not, but that, that very close niche of like new grad era, maybe one to mm-hmm. two years after you graduate, it's very scary. You're job hopping, you're setting hopping, you don't know if this is right or wrong, you're doubting yourself, a lot of imposter syndrome. And that's like oh, I my still have that. Yeah. We're four years in, let's be honest I here. I'm just like, like, you guys just see me how many times I like do an exercise on the wrong limb. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> it happens. We're human. And I think that now we can sit back and joke about it. And it was never anything serious. We never hurt anybody. But like when you're in the moment, it's like, oh my God, you know, what yeah. am I doing? I'm, I'm going to get fired over this. Like literally yeah. I gave an exercise when I first came out to a patient mm-hmm. and it was probably more intense and he was in a little bit more pain. And, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't a bad exercise. It was just mm-hmm. a little higher in for him. And I literally was with Ken. Ken was my technician. And I was like, well, this is my last day. Like, I literally was am thinking I'm getting fired over this because the patient felt worse. And it's like, yeah. nope, that's going to happen. You don't know they can't advance until you try something like that. Like, right. Yeah. It, and it's that's a lot the thing you don't know. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, reassuring people that because I'm just like, and PT, PT is a really safe route when it comes to like the legal aspect, you know, you have to really do some, some crap to, to get fired, right. to get food, you know, you really have to physically harm somebody. Um, it, it's just, it, to me, it feels safe. And a PTA, I feel safe. I got my supervising therapist. I got a director or a manager. I got, you know, um, uh, malpractice insurance or whatever. So it's yeah. not like, and we get all this from a script from another doctor. So I'm like, we have a lot of umbrellas under uh, over us to protect us. I feel like it's a safe field when it comes into like the medical thing because nobody nobody wants to get sued. But this is, I feel like PT is very safe. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I feel like it. It you're the last one to come after. You have to be doing some oh. very malpractice, yeah. hard, hard, like purposely har- harmful stuff in a way to get to do it like Hmm. and there's a lot of learning and I think that's the thing too is a lot of it when you come out of school you're just like so scared in a way of like feeling like you need to know it all which that's not the case and granted I think that's a little bit of on us in the field and the PTs also in the field because sometimes you're just so used to kind of coming in and having people know it, mm-hmm. or each person slightly different so sometimes we can have expectations that aren't realistic for you know people coming right out and I think yeah. we just have to check ourselves for that too and just remind ourselves like 
we didn't know it all coming out. You know, they're not going to know it all coming out. Give them we grace. We still don't know like it that. all. Oh, don't. Yeah, we really don't. There's so much I can learn. I'm yeah. I'm not a book smart person, and I'll be the first to be honest with that. Like a lot of times, I'm still checking my protocols because I don't I don't I can't memorize those kind of things, yep. which that's fine. That's what they're yep. there for. <laughs> right. You're supposed. I rather you look. You don't know, and you look it up than yep. you don't know, and you just wing it. You know. And yep. I can't tell you. Button how many questions I asked the first and still even to this day, like I'm a month in part-time with this new company, but it's part-time. So it still takes a little longer to get used to, but I'm still asking questions like, uh, how, how did you want this done? You've got so as stretch that can be perform, performed five different ways. What way do you want? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I know what the stretch is, but there's so many different ways to perform that stretch. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? <laughs> so, um, and so, yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. And um, I know this went a little bit longer. See, I told you As every always. single time, every <laughs> okay. single time like, we just start I, like, talking. I can, like I can keep going. I've still too, got, right? yeah, I've got more. <laughs> but we'll but have to do a part two. Well, we have part two over on your page okay. actually coming up. <laughs> so <laughs> don't forget to, yes. Yeah, so um, if you guys tune in here or if you're coming in afterwards, um, if you were on Margie's page and then came over to ours, we will be talking with each other, going in a little bit more depth. Um, yeah, so uh, make sure you go over to I was like, where? her page. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where I was finishing that. Yeah. But, follow um, all the pages. Yeah, follow all follow the, pages. All the pages. Her content is amazing. Um, she's getting a little taste of being a patient right now. So yeah. you guys, it's, it's fun that? to watch. You I started should, your I, own podcast too. We could talk about mm-hmm. that. Like there's just there's so much. There's so much. We we'll, can still... we'll, I'm sure we'll have a part two on here, anyways. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, thanks again so much for joining. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, and again, definitely. I'm sure this won't be the last. Yes, <laughs> so. absolutely. Thank you. But all right, guys, don't forget to like, follow, um, check Do out both. Yeah, I was about to say, check out both of our Instagrams, both of our podcasts. You can find all of those links in both of our descriptions, the Not Just the PTA page and then also the PT Assistance. Um, don't forget to, that right now, the month of December, we are taking some time for ourselves, and we are posting only one time a week. Um, so it'll be every Wednesday. You can catch the new episode, but go back, listen to some good old ones. They're amazing ish the the i will say the beginning They're ones are better. rush <laughs> yeah <laughs> Those it's ones always are... the beginning there's some white noise on mine and oh my gosh the cringe. <laughs> i'm like i don't want to ever go listen yeah. to our first episode because i'm like the cringe of listening to myself but actually a lot of people like that episode uh but yeah so don't forget and i hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday season and we will catch you next time bye yeah, take care